Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host, Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. Great, don't that be going crazy? everybody welcome back to another episode of third eye with lorelei thanks so much for joining me again this week and guess what is happening at the end of this week guys it's the summer solstice which means it's a brand new sabbath so another new wheel of the year which means we're going to be talking about that for the topic of the week i'm just diving in guys (laughs) so anyway it is letha I'm really excited to talk to you guys a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the history of it. We're also going to talk about how you can celebrate Letha and we'll talk about, you know, obviously a guided meditation because that's what I like to do when we have a new wheel of the year happening. I like to do some meditation. So at any rate, let's start off with the crystals that I picked for this week. So I picked Adventurine and Calcite. So let's start, as usual, with what Karen Frazier from the Crystals for Beginners book says about adventuring. So she says, formed from quartz with inclusions of other minerals, which cause different colors, adventuring may be blue, green, red, orange, yellow, or white, although green is the most common. With quartz as its main component, aperturine is an energy amplifier that can amplify chakra energies associated with the color of the stone. It originates in Brazil, China, Russia, and Tibet. It comes in natural points, tumbled, polished, and cut shapes. It amplifies energy. The colors that it comes in are blue, blue blue-green, green, which is the most common, red, orange, yellow, and white. So certain colors associate with certain chakras. So if you have a red adventurine, it's going to associate with the root chakra, orange for the sacral chakra, green for the heart chakra, yellow for the solar plexus, blue for the third eye and the throat, and the white adventurine is going to be for the crown. For the best placement, you want it on the corresponding chakra as jewelry or in your wallet. Now, with each color, it helps with certain things. So with the blue aventurine, that is good for enhancing communication and aiding in manifestation, improving self-discipline. Green aventurine usually enhances leadership abilities, promotes prosperity, and promotes unconditional love and releases anxiety. Red or orange usually promotes a sense of safety and security. White usually enhances communication with higher self and balancing chakras, while yellow adventurine promotes self-esteem. It works great with tourmaline and turquoise. And a usage tip is carry a piece of green adventurine in your pocket when you have an important meeting coming up at work to promote leadership. So that is what Karen Frazier has to say. So let's take a peek 
at what Judy Hall from her Crystal Bible has to say about adventuring. Now, of course, I have to actually type this into my Kindle because that's where I look up all those stones in my book. Oh, that's why. I was spelling it wrong. <laughs> I was spelling adventuring. It's not adventuring. It's aventuring. A-V-E-N-T-U-R-I-N-E. I was spelling it wrong, guys. I'm not spelling it wrong. I'm not saying it right. <laughs> Whatever. We're not perfect. What can we do, right? Anyhow. Aventuring. So it comes in colors of green, blue, red, brown, and peach. It's usually opaque, speckled with shiny particles. It's in all sizes and it's often tumbled. It's pretty readily available so you can get it in any crystal shop or online and it shouldn't be too incredibly expensive. It's sourced out of Italy, Brazil, China, India, Russia, Tibet, and Nepal. Aventurine is a very positive stone of prosperity. It has a strong connection to the Devic Kingdom and is used to grid gardens or houses against geopathic stress. Wearing Aventurine absorbs electromagnetic smog and protects against environmental pollution. Taped to a cell phone, it acts as a protection against its emanations. This crystal diffuses negative situations and turns them around. Psychologically, aventurine reinforces leadership qualities and decisiveness. It promotes compassion and empathy and encourages perseverance. Perseverance? Perseverance. I think either way, tomato, tomato, perseverance, 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 whatever. It takes you back into the past to find sources of dis-ease. This stone relieves stammers and severe neurosis. I think I need some aventurine. <laughs> you guys are like, come on, get it out. You can do it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it relieves stammers and severe neuroses, bringing understanding of what lies behind the conditions. Aventurine stabilizes one's state of mind, stimulates perception, and enhances creativity. It sees alternatives and possibilities, especially those presented by other people. This stone brings together the intellectual and emotional bodies. Aventurine calms anger and irritation. It stimulates emotional recovery and enables living with one's own heart. Physically, aventurine promotes a feeling of well-being. It regulates growth from birth to seven years. It balances male-female energy and encourages regeneration of the heart. Spiritually, aventurine protects the heart chakra, guarding against psychic vampirism of heart energy. For healing, aventurine benefits the thymus gland, connective tissue, and nervous system. It balances blood pressure and stimulates the metabolism, lowering cholesterol and preventing, ooh, this one's gonna be, this one, and, and you know what? I'm in the medical field and this one's, this one's a rough one. Arteriosclerosis. Oh, I should have known that. <laughs> Arteriosclerosis. <laughs> okay. Arteriosclerosis and heart attacks. It has an anti-inflammatory effect and helps ease skin eruptions and allergies, relieves migraine headaches, and soothes the eyes. Aventurine heals the adrenals, lungs, sinuses, heart, and muscular and urogenital systems. As an elixir, it relieves skin problems. So there's actually an additional color to... Oh, I think they're going to go over... Okay, so they're going to go over peach and blue aventurine and green. Okay, so P 
peach aventurine has additional attributes. Oh, she doesn't say though. She just showed a picture of it. That's really annoying. <laughs> Here's peach aventurine. I'm not going to say anything about it though. <laughs> okay, but she goes over blue. So blue aventurine is a powerful mental healer. Green aventurine is a comforter and heart healer and general harmonizer, protecting the heart. It brings things back into control and is useful in malignant conditions. It settles nausea and dissolves negative emotions and thoughts. An all-around healer, bringing in well-being and emotional calm. And she showed a picture of red aventurine, but there's no description of red aventurine. Whatever, that's fine. <laughs> It's just a little confusing when you're reading it and thinking that you're going to read about peach aventurine and red aventurine, but there's no description. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I didn't read that beforehand, apparently. <laughs> anyway, let's read about calcite. So this is from Karen Frazier's book, and she says, calcite comes in a rainbow of colors, each with specific properties associated with the chakras with which they align. Its hexagonal structures means that calcite is a stone to help you achieve your desires, so it's excellent for manifestation work. It originates out of Brazil, Iceland, Russia, and the United States. It comes in natural, tumbled, polished, and cut shapes. It amplifies energy. It comes in colors of black, blue, gray, green, honey, orange or peach, pink, red, violet, and white. So pretty much all the colors, it seems, right? So as I was saying before, each color represents a different chakra. So red, black, or gray is associated with the root, orange or peach for the sacral, honey or yellow, the solar plexus, green or pink, the heart, blue, the throat, violet, the third eye, and white for the crown. For placement, you want it on the corresponding chakra in a pocket in your receiving or non-dominant hand while meditating. So calcite helps with manifestation, energy amplification, cleansing, grounding, inner peace. Blue recognizes and speaks your truth and integrity. Green is usually for abundance. Green or pink is unconditional love. Honey or yellow is for self-esteem. Purple is intuition. Orange is personal will. And white is communicating with the higher power and spiritual growth. Calcite works well with other calcites in different colors. A good usage tip is create a peaceful and relaxing environment in a bedroom or bathroom by placing different colored calcite stones around the room. Okay, so that's what Karen Frazier has to say about calcite. So let me get on my Kindle here and look up calcite under Judy Hall's book. Oop, I spelled it wrong again. Here we go, calcite. <laughs> I'm getting there guys, I promise. Okay, calcite, look I found it. I spelled it right and now I got to it faster. <laughs> okay. All right, so calcite comes in green, blue, yellow, orange, clear, brown, pink, gray, and red. I didn't know that pink came in pink, gray. Sorry, my little Kindle is beeping. It comes in translucent and waxy, often banded, and maybe acid treated to enhance the color. It comes in all sizes and sometimes it's tumbled. It's common, so you can find it pretty easily and it shouldn't be too expensive. And it's sourced out of the United States, Britain, Belgium, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Peru, Iceland, Romania, and Brazil. 
Calcite is a powerful amplifier and cleanser of energy. Simply having calcite in the room cleans negative energies from the environment and heightens your energy. Within the body, it removes stagnant energy. The spectrum of colors cleanse the physical and subtle bodies. Calcite is an active crystal, speeding up development and growth. This is a spiritual stone linked to the higher consciousness that facilitates the opening of higher awareness and psychic abilities, channeling and out-of-body experiences. It accelerates spiritual development and allows the soul to remember experiences when it returns to the body. Psychologically, calcite connects the emotions with the intellect, creating an emotional intelligence. Calcite has a positive effect, especially where someone has lost hope or motivation. It combats laziness, aiding in becoming more energetic on all levels. Mentally, calcite calms the mind, teaches discernment and analysis, stimulates insights, and boosts memory. It facilitates knowing which information is important and then retaining it. Calcite confers the ability to change ideas into action. It is a useful stone for study. Calcite alleviates emotional stress and replaces it with serenity. It is a stabilizing stone, enhancing trust in oneself and strengthening the ability to overcome setbacks. On a subtle level, a layout of the appropriate colors of calcite cleanses, balances, and energizes all the chakras. For healing, calcite cleanses the organs of elimination. It encourages calcium uptake in bones, but dissolves calcifications, strengthening the skeleton and joints. It alleviates intestinal and skin conditions. Calcite stimulates blood clotting and tissue healing. It fortifies the immune system and can encourage growth in small children. Calcite works quickly as an elixir and can be applied to the skin, ulcers, warts, and superating. Superating? It doesn't say separating. I swear it doesn't say separating. It says superating wounds. (laughs) Okay. I'll have to look that one up later. (laughs) At a subtle level, calcite cleans and re-energizes the chakras. To position correctly, you want to hold or place as appropriate, wear as a pendant, and can be used to grid around a bed. Use a gem essence. So with specific colors, there are generic attributes following colors that have additional properties. So... Let's see, because, you know, with the Aventurine, I saw the picture, but the thing underneath it wasn't that. Oh, it's following it. Okay, black calcite. (laughs) Black calcite is a record keeper stone for regression and regaining memories so that the past can be released. It returns the soul to the body after trauma or stress, alleviates depression, and is a useful companion during a dark night of the soul. This reminds me of my god sister. I think that Eugenia, you'd be really good with some black calcite. Maybe I'll send you some. Blue calcite. Blue calcite is a gentle stone for recuperation and relaxation. It lowers blood pressure and dissolves pain on all levels, gently soothing the nerves and lifting anxieties. It releases negative emotions. Used on the throat chakra, it aids clear communication, especially where there is dissent. Blue calcite can absorb energy, filter it, and return it to benefit the sender. And then there is clear calcite. So clear calcite is a cure-all, especially as an elixir. It is a powerful detoxifier. At a physical level, it acts as an antiseptic, and at the subtle level, it cleanses and aligns all the chakras, higher and lower. 
So a clear calcite with rainbows brings about major change. It is a stone of new beginnings. Clear calcite brings the gift of deep soul healing and revitalization of the subtle bodies. It opens and clears the inner and outer eyes. Gold calcite. Gold calcite is excellent for meditation and for attuning to the higher mental planes. It instills mental alertness as it grounds the higher mental energies into the physical realm, place on the navel or crown chakra. Green calcite is a mental healer, dissolving rigid beliefs and old programs and restoring balance to the mind. It helps in letting go of what is familiar and comforting, but which no longer serves and aids communication and the transition from a stagnant to a positive situation. Green calcite helps children to hold their own in debates. It's a powerful stimulator for the immune system and is especially useful in grits. This stone absorbs negativity and rids the body of bacterial infections. It ameliorates arthritis and constrictions of the ligaments or muscles and is helpful in bone adjustments. Its green ray cools fevers, burns, and inflammation, calms the adrenals, and soothes anger-generated dis-ease. Green calcite placed regularly on the body absorbs dis-ease and should be cleansed thoroughly after use. And then there's Icelandic calcite or Icelandic spar. This amplifies images and heals the eyes. It can aid in seeing the double meaning behind words. It reduces the tension that causes migraines. This form of calcite is an excellent cleanser of the subtle bodies. And there's a lot of different types of calcite here, guys. Whew. Okay, so orange calcite is a highly energizing and cleansing stone, especially for the lower chakras. Orange calcite balances the emotions, removes fear, and overcomes depression. It dissolves problems and maximizes potential. This stone heals the reproductive system, gallbladder, and intestinal disorders such as irritable bowel syndrome and removes mucus from the system. Pink calcite, or mangano calcite, is a heart crystal in contact with the angelic realm. A stone of forgiveness, it releases fear and grief that keep the heart trapped in the past, bringing in unconditional love. It aids self-worth and self-acceptance, heals nervous conditions, and lifts tension and anxiety. This stone prevents nightmares. Pink calcite's loving energy gently dissolves resistance. It is helpful for anyone who has suffered trauma or assault red calcite. Red calcite increases energy, uplifts emotions, aids willpower, and opens the heart chakra. It removes stagnant energy, including constipation, and dissolves blockages. It resonates to the base chakras, which it energizes and heals. It alleviates fear, bringing understanding of the source. Red calcite's vitality energizes a party. At a physical level, did, that, did I just say that? Red calcite's vitality energizes a party. Okay, how many of you are kind of thinking this is a little bit of a funny sentence? Can you, <laughs> sorry, red calcite, calcite's vitality energizes the party. <laughs> I'm imagining a little red calcite, like, <laughs> going nuts at a party. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's funny. Uh, it's me and my sense of humor. <laughs> sorry. That's <laughs> silly. I know. Whatever. We all have a weird sense of humor, I guess. <laughs> But mine's just weird. I just have this little red calcite parading around in a party hat. <laughs> Sorry. Let me continue on. At a physical level, it heals hips and lower limb problems, loosening up joints. And on a subtle level, it removes the blockages that prevent you from stepping forward in your life. 
Rhomboid calcite closes off mind chatter, bringing mental stillness in. <laughs> Still thinking about the red calcite. <laughs> okay, I'm bringing it in. I'm bringing it in. I promise. <laughs> okay, rhomboid calcite closes off mind chatter, bringing mental stillness. It is a powerful healer of the past. I'm gonna get through it. I promise. Okay, <laughs> yellow calcite. Yellow or golden calcite is a great eliminator and stimulates the will. Its energy, especially as an elixir, is uplifting. It enhances meditation, inducing a deep state of relaxation and spirituality, and linking to the highest source of spiritual guidance. It stimulates the higher mind. Use at the crown and solar plexus chakra. Golden calcite has an extremely expansive energy. Okay, I got through it. <laughs> sort of. I didn't know how many times my stupid Kindle was going to beep or I was going to start laughing at the stupid red calcite in a party hat. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <sighs> okay. Anyway, now that we've finally gotten through the crystals of the week, let's talk about the quote of the week. And oh my God, I only have one. <laughs> Just one. One of these days, I'm going to go back to one crystal. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to stay with two. Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, the quote of the week is, the soul always knows how to heal itself. The challenge is to silence the mind. And that's by Caroline Niss. Okay, let's talk about Letha. Letha, the summer solstice pagan holiday. Let's talk about the history of Letha, shall we? I got this off of learnreligions.com. I really like this website a lot. They have some pretty good info. And so it talks about Letha as an ancient solar celebration. So it says, nearly every agricultural society has marked the high point of summer in some way, shape, or form. On this date, usually around June 21st or 22nd, or December 21st or 22nd in the Southern Hemisphere, the sun reaches its zenith in the sky. It is the longest day of the year. And the point at which the sun seems to just hang there without moving. In fact, the word solstice is from the Latin word solstitium, which literally translates to sun stands still. I, I'm so glad I was able to get through that, man. I can't believe I can get through like the tongue tank, like <laughs> whatever. The travels of the sun were marked and recorded. Stone circles such as Stonehenge were oriented to highlight the rising of the sun on the day of the summer solstice. Oh, and they say, did you know? So key takeaways here. Early European traditions celebrated midsummer by setting large wheels on fire and then rolling them down a hill into a body of water. The Romans honored this time as sacred to Juno, the wife of Jupiter and goddess of women and childbirth. Her name gives us the month of June. The word solstice is from the Latin word solst oh, here we go again, solstitium, which literally translates to sun standstill. Okay, well, thanks. Key takeaways. We just talked about that, so maybe I should have read ahead. It's probably my fault. Whatever. Okay traveling the heavens. Although few primary sources are available detailing the practices of the ancient Celts, some information can be found in the chronicles kept by early Christian monks. Some of these writings, combined with surveying folklore, indicate that midsummer was celebrated with hilltop bonfires and that it was a time to honor the space between earth and the heavens. 
Angela at A Silver Voice says that Midsummer, or St. John's Eve, was often celebrated in Ireland with the lighting of huge bonfires. And I love Ireland. So if you are from Ireland, my heart goes out to you. That's where I belong anyway. That's where I feel I belong. Probably have a lot of past lives there. She points out that this is an ancient custom rooted in a Celtic tradition of lighting fires in honor of... Uh Uh-oh, hang on a second. I know this one. I just looked it up. I swear. Hang on a sec. I just looked this up. Why can't I remember it? Hold on a second. Where are you? Anya. That's right. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Took me a minute. Okay, here's my reasoning for that. It's spelled in a very traditional Irish way. And if you've ever seen Irish names, they're kind of spelled a little bit differently. They're not really spelled the way that they're pronounced. And this spelling is A-I-N-E. And no, it's not Aini. It's Anya. I know. See, I had to look that up because I'm not trying to do my Irish friends injustice. So Anya in its Canuck Anya, Hills of Anya. Oh, I skipped ahead. Sorry. So let me get back to it here. I'm sorry. I kind of segued a little bit because I got a little hung up on the pronunciation because I forgot how to say it. <sighs> anyway, she points out this Angela person from A Silver Voice that this is an ancient custom rooted in a Celtic tradition of lighting fires in honor of Anya, the queen of Munster. Festivals in her honor took place in the village of, oh, oh boy, Nakani. County Limerick, Kanak Anya, Hill of Anya. Anya was the Celtic equivalent of Aphrodite and Venus, and as is often the case. The festival was Christianized and continued to be celebrated down the ages. It was the custom for the cinders from the fires to be thrown on fields as an offering to protect the crops. Fire and Water In addition to the polarity between land and sky, Letha is a time to find a balance between fire and water. According to, oh, that name, uh uh-oh, Siswir Sarith, oh boy, it's C-E-I-S-I-W-R, and then Sarith is S-E-R-I-T-H, so I'm really sorry if I said that one wrong. In his book, The Pagan Family, European tradition celebrated this time of year by setting large wheels on fire and then rolling them down a hill into a body of water. He suggests that this may be because this is when the sun is at its strongest, yet also the day at which it begins to weaken. Another possibility is that the water mitigates the heat of the sun and subordinating the sun wheel to water may prevent drought. So Jason Mankey says, Christians have chronicled the rolling of flaming or solar wheels since the fourth century of the common era. By the 1400s, the custom was specifically associated with the summer solstice and there has resided ever since and most likely long before. The custom was apparently common throughout Northern Europe and was practiced in many places until the beginning of the 20th century. When they arrived in the British Isles, the Saxon invaders brought with them the tradition of calling the month of June. They marked midsummer with huge bonfires that celebrated the power of the sun over darkness. For people in Scandinavian countries and in the farther reaches of the Northern Hemisphere, midsummer was very important. The nearly endless hours of light in June are a happy contrast to the constant darkness found six months later in the middle of winter. 
Roman festival. The Romans, who had a festival for anything and everything, celebrated this time as sacred to Juno, the wife of Jupiter, goddess of women and childbirth. She is also called Juno Luna and blesses women with the privilege of menstruation. Oh, it's such a privilege. Such a privilege. The month of June was named for her, and because Juno was the patroness of marriage, her month remains an ever-popular time for weddings. Well, that's true, because I know so many people that got married in June. So many people. This time of year was also sacred to Vesta, goddess of the hearth. The matrons of Rome enters her temple in midsummer and made offerings of salted meal for eight days in hopes that she would confer her blessings upon their homes. Midsummer for modern pagans. Letha has often been a source of contention amongst modern pagans and Wiccan groups because there's always been a question about whether or not Midsummer was truly celebrated by the ancients. While there's scholarly evidence to indicate that it was indeed observed, there were suggestions made by Gerald Gardner. Hey, I can say his name. Win gold star for Lorelei, the founder of modern Wicca, that the solar festivals, the solstices and the equinoxes were actually added later and imported from the Middle East. Regardless of the origins, many modern Wiccans and other pagans do choose to celebrate Letha every year in June. In some traditions, Letha is a time at which there is a battle between light and dark. The Oak King is seen as the ruler of the year between winter solstice and summer solstice and the Holly King from summer to winter. At each solstice, they battle for power. And while the Oak King may be in charge of things at the beginning of June, by the end of midsummer, he is defeated by the Holly King. This is a time of year of brightness and warmth. Crops are growing in their fields with the heat of the sun, but may require water to keep them alive. The power of the sun at midsummer is at its most potent, and the earth is fertile with the bounty of growing life. For contemporary pagans, this is a day of inner power and brightness. Find yourself a quiet spot and meditate on the darkness and the light both in the world and in your personal life. Celebrate the turning of the wheel of the year and with fire and water, night and day, and other symbols of opposition of light and dark. Letha is a great time to celebrate outdoors if you have children. Or if you don't have children, I say you can celebrate outdoors even if you don't have kids. But I suppose they're just trying to say, if you've got kids, take them outside. But I mean, aren't we all outside anyway in the summertime? I would hope so. Take them swimming or just turn on the sprinkler to run through. And then have a bonfire or barbecue at the end of the day. Let them stay up late to say goodnight to the sun and celebrate nightfall with sparklers, storytelling, and music. This is also an ideal Sabbath to do some love magic or celebrating a hand fasting since June is the month of marriages and family. Okay, so that was that article, which I loved. I really thought that that was really good. So let's talk about how you can celebrate Letha. And so this one I got from mumblesandthings.com. And I kind of feel like Letha is a pretty easy holiday to celebrate because I think we kind of do it already. I mean, summertime is the time of going outside and doing water sports and, you know, in the sunshine and, and doing, having barbecues and going camping and hiking and s'mores and pretty much everything on how to celebrate. It's pretty much everything I just said. They do have a couple of different things. So... We'll just go over it all. So the first one's go outside. You want to take time to participate in your favorite outdoor activity, whether you love long bike rides, going to the beach, to lounge in the sun, or hiking up the side of a mountain. Be sure to get outside and do something in the sun. 
You can also decorate your altar if you have one. I have an altar for the wheel of the year because I kind of like having decorations up all the time just so that I always feel like I'm moving along with the changes of the seasons of the year. So that way I'm like not just kind of standing stagnant, but we're moving along with the earth and its changes. So decorating your altar is one way to keep all moving with the season's changes. So while you're out and about, you may want to collect some pieces of nature to bring inside to decorate your altar. Sunflowers, mint, basil, lavender, and sage are all wonderful herbs and flowers for Letha. Be sure to only collect things that have already fallen from your plants or plant something new if you've harvested something for a living plant. Use bright citrus colored fabric and ribbons to cover your altar. Light candles in these colors as well. Burn fruity or floral incense. Crystals for Letha include high energy stones like citrine, sunstone, garnet, and carnelian. Charge these crystals in midsummer sunlight as well. Host a garden party or barbecue. Fire up the barbecue and grill a couple of veggie burgers in the late setting sun or regular burgers if you're like me. I don't, I mean, I, I love veggies and fruits, but I also really like chicken and other stuff. Take advantage of the late hours of sunlight and invite all your friends over to grill with you. Bonus points if you make it a potluck style. Okay, moving on. Light a bonfire. Now this sounds like a lot of fun. I want to try this someday. Extend the power of the sun long after it's set by lighting a bonfire. This could be an extension of the garden party or barbecue if you have with your friends or something you do privately. Burn sacred wood and herbs in the bonfire to enhance the magic. Let the fire go out naturally and collect the ashes for use in rituals throughout the year or in your garden as a fertilizer. Create an energy bag. Okay, now this sounds interesting. I didn't read this far and I, did, I think I missed this part, so I wanna, I wanna know what an energy bag is. <laughs> Okay, collect, collect, I want to say it the right way because I feel like all my European people are like, it's not herbs, that's weird, you weird American. Collect herbs, crystals, and other things that are associated with vibrancy and life. Stuff them into a small drawstring bag. Leave this bag out in the sun to collect energy for you to use in spells and rituals at a later date. The energy at Letha is the most powerful sun energy of the whole year, but this bag will not hold it indefinitely. It can be recharged with regular sunlight, though. Sunlight. It can be charged with regular sunlight, though. Perform a nighttime ritual. Since the night is so short and still warm, this is a great time to perform rituals outside at nighttime that you normally couldn't perform. This is also a perfect time to perform larger spells on those big topics that need a lot of power. Also, it might be fun to like, I don't know, watch a movie outside. If you can do that, if you have like a projector or something. Yeah, that sounds like fun. I think I might do that. That'll be my nighttime ritual. <laughs> anyway, meditate outside. Now this sounds really interesting. You may be catching onto a theme here. Do everything outside at this time of year. This includes meditation. The way the sun hits you can really enhance your meditation practice. Spend time focusing on harvesting the peak of the sun's energy and what it has manifested in your life. Begin preparing for the sun's power to fade and how it will affect your choices and energy level. So some other things it talks about is acts of service. So give money or time to a solar energy project, plant trees, especially ones which will provide fruit or berries to feed birds or wildlife, and volunteer at a food kitchen or volunteer at an animal shelter. So I like this too, because they talk about crystals and themes. The top 10 choices of stones that can be helpful dealing with the many emotions and themes of this season could be carnelian, yellow topaz, 
Tiger's Eye, Citrine, Sunstone, Green Adventurine, Emerald, Jade, Peridot, and Rose Quartz. Some different themes. A spiritual focus, abundance, cleansing, creativity, divination, fertility, fire, growth, healing, inspiration, love, motherhood, opportunity, power, success, sun god energy, and warmth. Magical focus, abundance, empowerment, energy, fertility, growth, health, increase, light, love, and motherhood. Suggested workings. Bidding farewell to the waxing half of the year, celebrating the sun, connecting with the earth and or growing things, green magic, harvesting herbs or herbs, especially healing herbs, honoring the pregnant goddess, the god at his peak, weddings and hand fasting, and working with the fairies. Different colors. So gold is associated with energy, power, prosperity, solar deities, strength, success, the god, the sun, and wisdom green abundance calming fertility growth new beginnings and prosperity orange adaptability communication courage creativity energy optimism and success red anger courage creativity desire energy fire lust passion sexual love strength and willpower white cleansing divination healing innocence peace of protection and truth and yellow communication, creativity, dream work, happiness, intelligence, learning, protection, psychic ability, the sun, and willpower. So one thing I wanted to suggest also, or just kind of put out there, is that Letha, or the summertime, or the summer solstice, when things are, the sun is at its peak, is sort of like the antithesis of the winter solstice, when we have the the moon goddess is out and and she's like the the big thing right and so the summer god is at its peak and so when we had beltane it was like them meeting so that's why beltane is such a big deal right because you have both the moon goddess and the sun god that meet and they come together so anyway letha is the celebration of the sun god at his peak you have the very very pregnant mother deity so you have the maid mother and crone in pagan and wiccan cultures or practices and so the maiden mother and crone is the triple deity and the mother is the one that we're celebrating at this point it's like the summertime she's big and pregnant and she has all these beautiful abundance of harvest and everything is ripe and warm and and abundant so anyway that's pretty much Letha. And I went ahead and did a meditation. So if you wanted to listen on after we close out the episode, then you can do the meditation. And it's not super long, but I think it's really meaningful. I wanted to do the balance that we were talking about with Letha with the water and the fire. So anyhow, that's pretty much it for today. I hope that you enjoyed what we were talking about and I hope that you go out and enjoy some sunshine and maybe have a barbecue and enjoy some family time or whatever you do. Go out and just be happy and soak in every positive, loving intention that you may have towards this time and balance yourself out and get out there and love this energy that is hopefully wonderful and positive that may be around you right now so at any rate i'll go ahead and talk to you guys again next week 
and I hope that you have a wonderful, beautiful Father's Day and enjoy the weekend and the following week. And I look forward to talking to you guys again next week. So love and light to you all. And I'll talk at you again real soon. Find a comfortable position where you are sitting or laying down. Take a few deep cleansing breaths here. As you exhale, release any thoughts or tensions. Allow your mind and body to find stillness as you breathe in and out fully and deeply.
take a moment to imagine you're in a beautiful green forest full of life and bright sunlight. You are perfectly comfortable and safe in this forest. A cool breeze brushes against your cheeks and you breathe in the clean, crisp air. It enlivens your senses, making you more aware of your healthy and whole body. As you sit in this forest, listen for the relaxing and soothing sound of water by you. Notice this sound. Listen to it for a moment. Notice, is it light and gentle, like a babbling of a brook? Is it a light rain that pats on the surface of the leaves of trees? Or is it a thundering current of a rushing river? Or the deep roar of a waterfall? Notice your water sound. If it is a light sound, place your dominant hand below your navel. If it is a powerful sound, place your non-dominant hand below your navel. Stay here for a moment. Notice the sound of the water as your hand rests here. The seat of your creativity and desire. Listen for a moment. Now, imagine a different sound that joins you in your peaceful place. Listen for the sound of fire. Notice the sound of your fire. Is it small, like a match strike, or a small campfire? Or is it the roar of a bonfire? Take notice of this fire as you place your other hand above your navel. Continue to listen to the sound of your water and your fire. Have they changed at all? Are they greater or softer?
listen to these opposing elements make their beautiful symphony sound for a moment. Now, imagine your hand below your navel, the orange glow that resides there. Imagine the water's volume intensifies and the orange glow brightens as you say aloud, I am one with my creativity. I freely express my emotions. I embrace my sensuality and desire. Like water, I flow. Like water, I move. Like water, I am vital. Now, imagine your hand above your navel, the yellow glow that resides there. See your fire increase in volume, and the yellow of your center shines brilliantly as you say it aloud. I am one with my strength. I am confident in my ability to be who I am. I am able to change easily. I embrace my power and mobility. Like fire, I glow. Like fire, I grow. Like fire, I am vital. Now, notice these energy bodies glowing bright and maybe intermingling their orange and yellow color. Your water and fire are perfectly balanced. Take a few deep breaths as the sounds around you begin to soften and fade. With each exhale, thank yourself for taking these precious moments to be peaceful, balanced, and loving. As you said peacefully, allow your breath to lead you wherever peaceful place your mind may want.
If you find yourself interested in receiving an intuitive tarot reading, contact me at 3rdeyelorelei at gmail.com or you can message me on my Instagram at 3rd.eye.with.lorelei or on Facebook at Third Eye with Lorelei Podcast to set up a reading. I can do Zoom or we can meet in person as long as we are wearing those face masks and practicing social distancing just to be safe. As always, love and light to you all, and I look forward to reading you soon.